Hello and welcome to A Table for One. Thanks for joining your hosts, Jeanette Aycock and Shanta Langford, as we savor the single feast of life. And join us as we chat and share about the over 40 life experience. So the next thing she says is, Bob, Bob, the builder women love this question and they probably have a five part answer to it. But feminine ladies do not ever answer this question. A Bob, the builder chick is a woman who builds with a man or builds up a man with her own money and career. These women don't require their men to strive hard to impress them because they pay half of the rent and mortgage or mortgage and put in 50% towards living expenses. But Bob the Builder Chicks will be upset in about 15 years because her man is not going to want to build with her anymore because she's already built him up to be someone who another woman can now admire. She eventually gets left for another woman after he becomes financially stable. I have done so many consultations with Bob the Builder Chicks who are bewildered that their men are leaving them after over a decade for younger women after they've worked hard to help him get his career established. A younger woman is now impressed by this man and only sees that he's built up on his own. Bob the Builder, who is usually the first wife, starter wife, is confused about what she's done wrong. (laughs) Confused? I'm not. You know, uh, this reminds me of an old school song that uh, went something like the same thing it took to get your baby hooked is the same thing it's going to take to keep them. (laughs) And uh, basically, I think that that's the psychology of this. However you start with somebody, they are going to take for granted that you're okay with that and that you will continue that. After 10 years of doing something, let's look at this from the other side. If suddenly somebody who has been feeding you and taking care of you for 10 years and suddenly decides they don't want to do it, um, wouldn't you be a little upset that suddenly there's been a change in our contract without any consultation from me? So I think you know, these Bob the Builder chicks have to say, whatever it was I did in the beginning, now I'm tired of doing it. And I'm upset and resentful that now he wants to leave. The problem isn't that he's inconsistent. The problem is, is that you have become inconsistent. Oh, okay. Hmm. I, I agree with you on one end, but on another end, too, there is this, I just keep thinking of the movie Waiting to Exhale. And the, yes. and the whole uh, Angela Bassett's character who, you know, built him up and yeah. and helped build his business. And then, you know, he ends up dumping her. But I don't think in her in her situation, I don't think she had stopped doing what she was supposed to do. It was just that he he had a better offer. <laughs> well, this is true. He had a younger well, offer. He had a younger offer. He and he, he had offer. more and he had more to offer the younger offer. Uh this is this is true, but who made know, it more appealing. The only thing that we 
can control from our side of the fence is what it is we're doing. And I think whatever it is we're doing, we have to ask ourselves, if that other person doesn't ever reciprocate, am I going to be okay with continuing to do what I'm doing? And I think that that's a great, that is a great question to ask yourself, because I was going to say, I don't want to go into something half, half ass. Right. Uh, Mm -hmm. And if, if a part of me is, I like to do things, you know, should I stop doing that because I'm afraid that somebody's going to take advantage of that? And, you know, so I think what you just said is, is key. Am I going to be resentful if I continue to do and do and do and do? Am I expecting something in return is why I'm doing it? Or am I doing it because it's just my nature and I enjoy doing it? And if he, this person never, ever appreciates it on the level of whatever that's supposed to be, am I going to be okay? I think that's the key. Yeah. That's the key question. And I think within limits. I mean, right. I can understand, you know, if somebody is saying, you know, look, I'm struggling through school. And while I'm in school, you've got to kind of support the household. That's one thing. But... You know, there has to be an understanding of where the limits are by both parties. And you have to be able to, to honestly, you know, live with that limit on some on some level. I think, you know, it's the other side of that issue is the person who gets into a relationship and sees that person as a potential good fixer-upper. Oh, they would be great if they would just do this little thing or if they just change this little thing. And you go into it not looking at who the person is and saying, well, if that little thing never changes, am I going to be okay with that? You go into a relationship with the idea that, well, if this thing changes, they'll be perfect. Well, but I think that the right. But I think the the great thing about us at this age, we know the deal. (laughs) We know that you can't change anyone just like no one can change you unless the person wants to change. Um, and I think going into dating in your forties and fifties and sixties and beyond, we have a wisdom to know that what I'm looking at right in front of me, am I okay with that? Yeah. And if I'm not adios amigos, because that's what you're going to get. Um, and I think also for our age group too, like what you were saying about going to school and all this, I'm like, well, now, sweetie, if <laughs> if we were a man who's 70 and he's going to school, uh, I mean, hey, education is great, but I'm just saying, I think the the reasons for him going to school are a little bit more different <laughs> than just if he was touch. 30. Um, this is true. So I think, I think how we, how we, uh, do those deals, you know, bargainings in terms of the relationship. It's extremely different over a certain age. Um, right. Then w- when we were in our twenties and thirties, because yeah, most times if people, if, if you're having to pick up the slack in certain ways, it's based on someone trying to further their career or, you know, so. Well, exactly. But, you know, I think the challenge for this point in our life is that we be, you know, if we're women, well, I guess if we're men too who love to cook, we don't want to become 
casserole kings and queens. That is, there's been a funeral and suddenly a day later we're arriving at somebody's home with the casserole because, okay, now they're available. And, you know, just as soon as he or she gets out of that mourning phase, they're going to be just the right cat. (laughs) Girl, who who are these these people? I'm I'm sure they exist, but I was like, what? Oh, yeah, they do exist. So, you know, although going back to school may have been the thing in the 20s or 30s, for us in the 50s, it may be, oh, he or she is going through a, a career transition. And oh, or a divorce, kind of or a divorce. over. Right, know? or a divorce, or uh, like you said, they've lost someone. Well, interestingly enough, I mean, I mean, we could be with somebody who's going back to school. I'm not saying I wouldn't date somebody in the 30s. I'm not saying that. Well, I, let me go on record. <laughs> there is nothing a 30-year-old man can do. Except point me to a 60 plus year old. Oh, no. My mother, my mother had a famous line. She said, hey, the only thing an old man can do for me is show me where a young man's at. That's that my mother used to always say that. Um, Oh, all right. Well, well, I mean, listen, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm just saying that there are some of our listeners out there who, you know, they got their eye on the young prize. Yeah, I see that. Because they I got they that. got a lot of love to give, if you know what I mean. And <laughs> yes, yes. Well, stamina yeah. is key. That's all I'm gonna say. But yeah. moving back to what you said about that, so if you don't mind me talking about this, when your husband passed away, did mm-hmm. you find that that was kind of part of your story too, with men approaching you or? Because what you just said in terms of, you know. Oh, about the casserole yeah, kings and yeah, queens? Yeah, uh-huh. Well, it's interesting. I think I found that friends were more concerned with me finding somebody than I was. And they continue to be, I think. Right. Um, no, I, I haven't found that in particular. But when I talk to other women who have lost uh, or other men who have lost spouses, there uh, there is that sort of suddenly these uh, potential spouses come out of the woodwork and, and sometimes people that they never even thought would be pursuing them suddenly feel like, ah, really? fresh meat, fresh meat. <laughs> that kind of thing. So... Uh, but you know that uh, a lot of what you see can depend on what it is you yourself are looking for and what you're alert to. Uh, I think in, in my case, I, I have kind of plowed away into other social areas and also into career, so I have handily avoided the dating market in the past five years. Oh, is that why you go to meetings every five seconds? I love a meeting. I love a meeting. I have oh, so you haven't you haven't dated really no, since? No, I haven't. Now that now that you've mentioned it, and and now that we're talking about this subject, I, I guess I should be thinking about this. Well, no, not necessarily. I just think you know, you've got to be one of the most uh, active and vital people that I know. So it's never occurred to me that you weren't dating. I don't know. It just 
Mm. Until you just said that, I was just like, oh, huh. Well, because I always mm. feel like people have this thought that people who don't, who, who haven't had a date are like these like downtrodden wallflowers who like, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, she yeah. must be, oh, she feels miserable because she hasn't had a date and, you know, she's not dating. And, and if she had someone who made her feel like blah, blah, blah. And it's just like the most vital alive people I know are people who really don't have an active dating life. They have an active social life. Um, and it doesn't, you know, uh, center around dating. It just centers around living and, and enjoying life and, and just being out there. And if by chance they would meet somebody great, but that's not, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, and, you know, that brings up another point. It's, it's like at what point in your life have you, you know, lost somebody or how long have you been with somebody else? And, and I think what's happened for me over the past five years, I mean, I loved traveling with my husband. We had very similar outlooks on life. Right. Uh, what I have found that I have been doing lately, though, is making a point of, exploring whatever it was that I didn't do because he was there. Um, and a lot of times, you know, you compromise over what kinds of things you will do when you're in a relationship. Right. So I have been on this voyage of discovery of what is an interest that I would do that, that he wouldn't. And, you know, for example, um, I've always loved dancing and he loved to dance too, but, uh, he wouldn't, let's say, go discoing uh, once a week, which is something that I've gotten into since he isn't here anymore. And I have some friends who love dancing, and we so once a week we try to go dancing. Um, so I make a point of doing things that I wouldn't have been doing uh, and haven't done in the twenty plus years of being in the relationship. Wow, uh, but, I, but I can understand if somebody's been in a relationship, let's say for five years and it happened later in their lives, they their reaction to dating could be very certainly could be very different to mine. Well, well, and I wonder, so because I think a lot of times it's interesting that you said that I that you decided to do things that you you weren't doing when you were in the relationship. Um, I think sometimes people might stop themselves from doing things because it's almost like this whole thing of, well, that person's not here to enjoy it with me. Um, yeah. And so there, yeah. there's, there's a sense of guilt um, mm -hmm. or or there's a reminder, a sad reminder that the person isn't there to to experience it with you. But I think you you said something that was very key. It's like you wouldn't have done that. You know, unfortunately, right. your husband passed away. But if your husband was still alive, would you would you be going out dancing once a week with your friends? And the answer is probably no. Right. Um, but I don't think a lot of people yeah. even even put connect those dots. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you wouldn't be you wouldn't be experiencing this because your life would be the way it was before the person passed away. Right. right. Um, but I don't think a lot of people put the you know, they they will admit that. You know, that it all sounds great, you know, and, and it sounds fine and rosy. But if the reality hits you, it's like, you know what? I wouldn't be doing this. Yeah. And I think the other thing about it is, 
you have to be careful you don't get into the mindset of being resentful. You have only so many years and minutes left in your life. And, you know, if you're going to get to 85 and say, oh, I really wish I would have gone out dancing every Tuesday when I was 67. Boy, I would have enjoyed that. Right. You know, you have only yourself to blame if you don't do the things you want to. And and I think one of the things people run into is they may say, oh, well, I didn't do this because he or she didn't want to do this. Uh, you have to honestly look at yourself and say, was that my excuse? Mm-hmm. Uh, for not doing something because, because I was the, afraid to step out and do something exactly. that was and I, I uncomfortable. I use the relationship as, as right. an excuse. And one of the good things about our relationship and time together was uh, I did do things away from him that uh, he didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, you know he we each allowed ourselves time apart to pursue those things that we either absolutely hated uh, 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 individually to do, the other person hated to do, or just having solitude. And and I think that's an important other factor in all of this, is that solitude is very healing and very self-actualizing, and that everybody, whether you're in a relationship or not, need to have your solitude uh, just to be with yourself. Right. Well... And also, I think because you said you got married in your 40s. Yes. So I think a lot of that, too, is like we said, when you get a certain age, you don't have any preconceived notions about changing a person or how a person, you know, or, you know, we're going to do everything together. You know, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> we have a more realistic, you know, uh, approach to relationships and marriage because, Number one, we realize that, yeah, we need solitude and solitude's a good thing. It doesn't necessarily mean anything bad if, if you don't want to spend every waking moment with your partner. I mean, right. and also and that you we, can have different interests. couples that are that way, whether they're in their yeah. 20s, 30s, or and that's, I And honestly, that's fine if it works for them. But, I've, I, you know, I've always thought in my, in my head that it's nice if you have separate interests and separate friends and but that you can actually hang out with each other's friends and you know uh i can hear about sports i have no interest in it but <laughs> if you want to sit there and talk to me ad nauseum about a game i you know i'll give you five minutes but you know uh don't be thinking i'm going to a game with you um well no that's not true i mean i might be charitable once or twice but once what i'm saying twice. is yeah. i don't i don't think i would have to not be myself and go oh well i have to pretend like i like sports mm-hmm. i knew a co-worker of mine years ago who said that when he was dating his wife she would go to every one of his baseball games every one of his baseball games well honey as soon as she got that little ring on her finger <laughs> that stopped and he yeah. said that was the one thing he missed the most is seeing her sitting in the benches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I said, well, I said, thing. well, honey, she got, she got her, she got what she came for. Right. Yeah. You know, and I, I would see that as a good bait and switch. You yeah. Know, uh, she decided she wasn't going to do that anymore. And getting back to our, you know, Bob the Builder women, mm-hmm. although 
subconsciously they may not feel like, well, I'm doing this because I know there's going to be a payoff that I will enjoy. But, you know, the result can be the same. You know, if you keep doing something and you keep doing it, that other person just takes for granted that you're going to keep doing it. Right. And uh, when suddenly you stop, well, uh, you have to say that's when you do have to ask yourself, was I doing this for me? Was I doing this for the other person? Uh, who am I doing it for and what did I expect? What was the payoff I was looking for? Yeah. Um, well, she, she goes on. Here and she goes, if you are a Bob the Builder chick and you want to test your man to see if he's this type of man, give him 75% of the bills. This way he won't be able to afford a side chick or a younger lady. If he can still afford another woman in spite of it all, he will be less likely to leave you if he's the full provider. If you're dating a married man who won't leave his wife, it's because she's typically financially dependent on him. Men have no problems leaving the independent Bob the Builder chicks because they know she can afford to take care of herself financially because she's already been paying the bills the whole time. Men can leave these women because she doesn't need him. Helping a man build is a nice thing to do, but if you do so, you are a team member or a partner and not a wife. Usually the second wife is the wife. The first wife is usually the partner. Well, that's rather sobering. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that certainly says a mouthful. I kind of like the line about, you know, give him 75% of the bill. Child. He, ain't got, he ain't got no time. He ain't got no money to have no second, no side chick. Uh, well, I think that's funny. Like I just think it's funny. <laughs> Listen, yeah, they will always I, find, they will find time and they'll find income. If if, 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 yes. if if they fancy this other person as much as they do, they'll find a way. So that's, you know, whatever. But that is right. That is right. <laughs> I mean, people who think, well, he doesn't have time or she doesn't have time to have an affair. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe they always have time. <laughs> but see, I think time. I kind of I kind of disagree in in terms of. Uh, him knowing that you can take care of yourself. Because I think a lot of times uh, people are in relationships with people that they think they have power and control over because they're the provider. Yeah. And sometimes you find a man or a woman who are with someone who they know don't need them, can do just as fine without them. They, they value the relationship more too because they know the person is there because they really want to be with the person, not because you're my financial provider, all this, you know, so I, I understand what she's saying, but I think another part of that too can be kind of damaging to the person who's, who's, who's getting the provision. Um, yes. and they, and they yeah. don't have their own, uh, their own financial, uh, means, right. To support themselves. Cause I think there are a lot of relationships that are, that have been saved because the other person knew, well, you know, this person doesn't really need me that way. And they have just as many choices and, you know, to, to be in the relationship or be out of the relationship. That has nothing to do with the financial part of it component is not the reason why the person is staying, you know? 
Well, right, right. But I do understand what she's saying on one, on a certain level. But on another level, I think there are a lot of people out there who are in relationships, horrible relationships, because they don't have the financial means to get out. Or they don't have the... Or the emotional so the wherewithal to, to get, get out. out. Yeah, the word. Right. Well, but but right. so that that lends itself to you know what came first, the chicken or the egg? Is the self esteem tied to the fact that they don't, you know, that they are not providing for themselves, or you know what I'm saying? It's it it all it, it's all intermeshed. Right. It's like they don't have the emotional they don't have the emotional wherewithal of the self esteem and is but it's part of it too because they don't have the financial means and the independence to do that. And you know, usually I mean these relationships are built on some mutual co functioning. For whatever reason it's good for the Bob the Builder Chick as we're saying mm -hmm. to be the, the provider for whatever reason right and that that she or he chooses a mate who isn't providing financially says a lot about what what the provider needs as well so right. and if you get to this stage in our lives and there's somebody you're potentially going to to date and that person has never been the provider uh that don't he can't suddenly, talk to me. Well, <laughs> right. And don't suddenly think that if they get into a relationship with you, they're going to change. I can't have somebody that I need to assemble. He needs to be already assembled. Yeah. Especially at our age. At our age, if he's still if he's still a vagrant at our age and he's expecting somebody to take care of him at our age. Oh, but he has such a nice personality. No, it can't be that. No. Sparkling conversationalist. Oh, well, then we can be buddies. <laughs> we can be friends, but you're not. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. I, I, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, you always say never say never, but I, I don't know. Unemployed men have never been an aphrodisiac for me. I'm sorry. I don't. That doesn't. Well, I mean, you never know why they're unemployed. You know, perhaps the plant closed, or the plant. They got a good. <laughs> got a good really, they... really, Ma Walton. The plant closed. <laughs> the plant closed. They got a good settlement. They sold their business twenty years ago, if, and then they. Yeah, if they got money in the bank, but if they don't have a job. And they're asking to borrow money to pay a bill. You need to run. And he just uh, met you? He just met you. Well, now, see, you're embellishing my no, I'm scenario. Not. Oh, am I? The plant? The plant? <laughs> what, where, where are you meeting yeah. this man? On Walton Mountain? I mean, what? <laughs> the plant? You know, you go to a party. You know, people have... Girl, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If a man walked up to me and said, well, yeah, I used to work at the plant. See, are y'all punking me? Is there a camera somewhere? The plant in New York? What plant did you, you know, work now, at? Now, see, now, I, I would say that you, you are tending to have a rather elitist view. <laughs> not, no, no, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. That's what not what I'm saying. saying I'm saying, saying, I'm saying if a, 
Come on, Jeanette. If a man walked up to you at a party and said, well, I just I was working at the plant. Wouldn't you think what plant? We're in New York. Where Where's the plant? That's my first question. That, that has nothing to do with being elitist. I'm just saying, where where, where do you live? Do you live here in the city? Oh, I can't wait to meet this man that you're going to meet. He's going to tell you he used to work at a plant and he got all this money. I can't wait to hear about this guy. But if you say so. You know, he could have been resourceful. You know what? You're the Bob the Builder chick. That's what this is all about you're Bob the Builder chick okay we got I didn't that oh oh okay what oh okay I'm the only possibility I see you. is no that's the possibility <laughs> I see no all right and here I sit all alone right. and this is why I sit here alone but anyway but I think our next we will continue on in our next episode um, because she brings up some more valid points and we will uh, we will pursue them I agree with you I think she has some very good points Right. I am certainly going to do my best to do point and counterpoint (laughs) to her points Uh, and that's what I said I think she made some great She's got excellent points, and some of them have challenged my thought about mm-hmm. moving forward in my life in terms of uh, who do I want to attract and and what kind of relationship do I really want to have, you know, since I'm on the last train. Um, the last train? Well, I'm saying, you know, I'm at the end, end, of, the, end of the caboose. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Meaning, meaning, I want to, I want to be, well, no, well, meaning I want to be more thoughtful getting into the next relationship is what I'm saying. Whereas before it's like, oh, we have plenty of time. No, no, not so much. Not so much. That's what I'm saying. The reality is we are on the last caboose. Okay. We, we don't have time to, to, to play the games, the mental games and the emotional games we played with ourselves in our thirties. It's this like you have to come a, more aware of who you are and more aware of what you want at this stage, mm-hmm. you know, and if you want just fun, fine, but you got to admit that to yourself, you know, mm-hmm. and you can't expect, yes. you can't expect something different knowing what you know now, you can't expect things to be different if you are still acting the same. Or if you're still expecting the same, you got to move in a more realistic way about yourself, about life, about your mistakes, about the things that you thought you wanted, as opposed to what you really, truly want. And as opposed to what, who you, who you usually attract has a lot to do with you more than them. So, so you need to be more realistic about that as well and see your, your part in a lot of the mistakes that were made and a lot of the good things that happened too, you know? Yes. And I would also say that, you know, as you had said earlier, at this stage in our lives, we need to be honest about how much we can change. And we also have to be honest enough to say, 
you know, we're constantly saying, oh, well, I'll never make that mistake again. We are creatures of habit. Right. And uh, the best thing we can do to avoid those, those other pitfalls is to say, I can't do my reflexive response to a situation that was similar in the past. If I want a different outcome, I have to have to make a different choice and um, that takes awareness self-awareness and it takes a, a whole lot of trying to turn turn the train to continue the, the right metaphor to turn the engine in the other direction from where we naturally would want to go right and i think also you know is like when we're talking about it i realize that part of me is a bob the builder chick i am and i don't necessarily <laughs> Um, think that that's a bad thing in in terms uh-huh. of I'm a I self actualize right and uh-huh. I like I make things happen you know? yes <laughs> you know yes, it's like you hey do. you want to if you want to do this you know because in my past past relationships I I I recognize that if the person said to me I want to do X Y Z I was a hundred percent okay let's get it done let's do it you know I'm the cheerleader yeah. I'm the I'm the and I don't mind doing that. Um, but she's given me pause in a, in a certain way, too, in terms of, okay, at what point do you you stop doing that so it doesn't become a detriment or a hindrance to the relationship and to how the person views you? Or, or to what point is it a detriment to what your goals are? I think you have to look at, okay, if I'm going to be doing this Bob the Builder thing, what is it that I want out of it? Before I start, let me be honest with myself and right. say, what is it I want? And maybe part of me wants to be in control. The right. thing about being the builder is I at least can be or think that I'm in control of these things. But also, um, I think if you if you come from a, a uh, if you're a product of divorce, as I am, I think uh, I don't need you. I can do it all on my own. I don't need you. Mm-hmm. That's a mm-hmm. huge part of it too, you know. Yeah. Um, which is not necessarily a good thing too. Um, right. Because, because you know, for lot. yeah, growing up, my mother always told me, and my sister, you don't need a man. <laughs> you know, you can do it on your own. And it's just like, I understand part of what she was saying, but a big part of it also hurt me in a way because yeah. I've always been terrified and afraid of being vulnerable enough where I needed somebody and then they would up and leave me. Right. You know, that's and always been a fear. What we can do then in that case is we can err to the side of doing so much that the other person feels unneeded. And after a while, it's like, exactly. Well, try. Exactly. Or anyway. Or like so. me, you always attracted to people you know don't want to be with you at in the end of the at the end of the day, they really don't want to be in a relationship with you. But that's safe for me because I already know that the person doesn't want to be here. So I'm a, but I'm gonna work extra hard. But I know at the end of the day the person's not gonna want to be with me. And it's in my mind it's okay because I know the end result. But if I'm walking into something where I have a hundred percent hope in in it and you know i'm tap dancing and i'm doing all this stuff and the person you know and the person leaves me without me knowing because i've been working extra hard how are you gonna leave me you know but if i know deep down inside this man don't want to be with me but you know what i'm gonna work i'm gonna work 
I'm at least put a hundred percent in, knowing full well that he go up and leave one day. But I know, but I know this, right? And I, I've had I've had to come to a realization within myself that a lot of the relationships I've gotten into is because I knew that going into it, this person wasn't really in a hundred percent, and that was safe. That was safe. Yeah. And I, and I think the other thing, and, and what's the safety of it, is the safety that um, I am I am more comfortable with a self-fulfilling prophecy than the hope that things can be better or different. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. And, and I, also, yeah. it's more comfortable for me to have someone who's aloof and, and distant because I don't really want somebody to really know me because I don't know if they'll really like the person if they really got to know me. You know, I can I can give you this this caricature of Shanta that, you know, but the real nitty gritty Shanta, I don't necessarily know that you would even hang around a day or, you know, and that, that comes from a level of low self-esteem about about me and what I what I can what I offer right uh, and and so that goes back to is that the reason why I'm a Bob the Builder chick mm. because I feel like I have to work overtime, overtime yeah, to yeah. to be the cheerleader to be the you know mm-hmm. uh, all those things that need to build you up because in building you up I build myself up Yes. Look what I did. Exactly. And look how look how much you need me. Because look look at all we've accomplished and what I've done for you know, what I've done for you basically. Yeah. Yeah, well that used to be the Mm. shot. That used to be my story. That ain't my story no more. Oh, new chapter, new Mm -hmm. book. Yes. It has to be. It has to be because (laughs) you end up belly up and busting it alone. Crying in your beer. Uh, or spending time with uh, people that are going to leave you. And, um, yeah, at some point, and this is where I'm saying the idea of change, that you have welcomed change and said, look, I'm not going to keep repeating that pattern. And you're aware of that pattern. Right. I took I took and off my tap dancing shoes. I ain't doing no yeah, tap dancing and no baton twirling no more. <laughs> well... Funny. You yeah, know, but it's true. I like you know. I, I the the show is the show is closed. <laughs> that show has ended. <laughs> There's no more tickets. No more tickets. No more tickets. That's right. You know. Oh. Well, we will con- we'll continue our on our next. Uh, we'll continue this Bob the Builder chick conversation in our next our next, uh, our next podcast. Chapter. Yes. All right. All right. We hope you've enjoyed tonight's episode. And be sure to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. And also check out our website, a table four, spelled F-O-U-R, and the number one, dot com. There you'll find interesting articles, our episode calendar, product recommendations, and information on becoming a patron. Thanks for listening.